Thanks, Pat. Welcome back to the final hour of Tip Today. Uh, Billy is in Nina. He says, uh, listening to that lady and yourself giving out about... Well, I didn't think we were giving out. I thought we were sharing our opinions. But anyway, giving out about kids using smartphones and looking at screens all the time. You're saying they should have their head in a book. But uh, what's the difference? Smartphones are the books of the 21st century. My parents gave out uh, about me having my head stuck in a book when I was young and not conversing with them. Times move on and everything is relative. Well, I suppose you're making a very good uh, point there. The only thing I would say to you is if you're stuck in a book, you're stuck in a book and you can't go down a rabbit hole of sort of, you know, whether it's TikTok or Facebook or WhatsApp or whatever these other platforms are, I suppose. Somebody else says uh, no child uh, under the age of 16 should have a phone only, uh, a phone that can call home and not one with all of these uh, games and apps on it. Um, And finally for now, um, the lady you have on the radio speaking about the iPhones has no idea. Well, she has an idea and she has her opinion as well. Anyway, this lesson goes on to say, she's definitely one of the people that need her kids to help her with technology. Judging parents in a restaurant because their kids are on an iPad, parents are just trying to get by. In most houses, both parents work. When they go out for dinner, they just want to switch off and not have the whole restaurant looking at their kids, judging how they are hyper. If I didn't leave my daughter, have a phone or iPad, I'd be a hypocrite. I use my phone to stay in contact with friends or to unwind. In the evenings, I can't deny an only child contact with her friends. Once children are educated and supervised, I see no issue. Kids will just use their friend's phone and lie about it if you deny them from owning one, which will lead to more lies as they get older. We need to move with the times and have a respectful, honest relationship with our children, says one of our listeners who's a little bit cross uh, this morning. Thank you indeed, and you're making some great points there as well. All right, then, it's time for our health slot. I'm glad to be joined by the CEO of Marito 8020 in Clanmel. Muriel Cuddy is with me. Muriel, good morning to you. Morning. Do, do, do you have an opinion, by the way, about smartphones? I'm just I'm smiling like? away there because I suppose I have two families, literally, because my elder two are 21 and 20, and then my younger two are 14 13, so they're nearly being reared in different times yes. because post-COVID and pre-COVID is different. And you know they say kids don't listen and people don't listen and that's our topic for today or whatever. But my 20-year-old is an avid book reader. She reads like 10 books a, a week and if she, her head is stuck in a book, she doesn't listen. No matter what you say to her, if she's in the middle of a book, she's gone in onto a different planet completely. My younger two are stuck in gadgets. Mm. But this is the age, literally. Like, they learn from it, you know. So there's, there's definitely far and against. I think we definitely need to keep the book piece open and, and mm. let them, because that to disappear into a book like there's oh, definitely no yeah. nothing better and, yeah. and, and they're losing that skill but you can't deny them the skill of technology because life is going to be technology going forward and if they don't learn from it like they're going to be left behind and there's a lot of different things I think for technology as in like the the, the against it pieces there big time yeah but I hear the lads on PlayStation at night and um, Rocco plays um, for or FIFA is it or whatever yeah soccer mm. he's about six or seven boys that his friends were here in town that aren't out our side, right, that he goes to school with. The shouting and roaring and he scored and you and that was my goal and that was whatever and they're all together but they're not together. He's safe and he's under my roof. He's not out on the side of the street. He's having great crack. I can hear him and I know, you know, what's happening. You know, so that side is there. The communication side, I'm gone early in the morning. I can text the boys or I can message him. I can follow him. They have to have Snapchat on their phone and their location has to be on. 
so I know where they are or where they've been with their Snapchat location on. Revolut, when they pay for things, they have Revolut cards. The same thing, if they tap for something in the shop, I know they've tapped for something and I know where they are. So if they're coming back from a game or something. Now, people might say this is like gone too far, but the parent that said both parents are working, we both have to work. So we have to embrace technology to keep our kids safe. So there's two sides. Now, Rocco walks around with the phone out in his hand like nearly 24-7 when he gets away with it into the toilet, put down the phone, <laughs> you know, all of that kind of thing. Yes. So there's far and against it and you have to monitor it. But yes, I do embrace it to a certain level because it makes my life right. easier and it keeps them safe. And and in terms of the age that they should get a phone at, do you I have think, thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, I do. I think confirmation was always good. Yeah. I think Jaden got it a little bit earlier. He was the youngest in the family and they all had phones and he was whipping everybody's phone mm. and he was driving everybody cracked and he had, he was doing the same things anyway. So mm. being number four, he definitely got it a year earlier than what the lads did. But so what, about nine, is it? Oh no, I would say 10, 11. 10, 11, yeah, yeah, 10, 11, yeah. yeah. By 12, they're yeah, nearly almost teenagers at that stage. They're looking to go to discos and yeah, rev yeah, and whatever, by the time, and they're in first year. But definitely 10 or 11, any younger than that, right. I think. Well, it's, it's interesting bit, to hear yeah. you speak about the positives, and there are. There, there, are, there positives, are. You, you yeah. have to, as a parent, yeah, yeah, you have to live, and the kids have to know what to do because, yeah, they will be left behind. You're going to talk to us uh, today about listening, and this is something we were talking about um, <laughs> off air as well. Some people don't have these uh, skills. Uh, listening yeah. skills. And I'll go down the rabbit hole of men and women in a minute. Because, um, yeah. yeah, the men, yeah. The men oh, all, yeah, I definitely yeah, yeah, feel I they're going imagine. to get the, get the bad rap. Oh, we'll I'm see. looking forward to that. We'll see. Right. We'll see. What, what about listening then? How, how important is it? Do you this? know where it came from? Again, I suppose it's every single day um, when I'm in clinic and people come into me and I get this thing and I got it twice yesterday um, and it was two men actually and they were both say 60s, 70s, that kind of age group and they both said to me, why am I getting this from you? Why didn't I hear this? 10 years ago like I'm on these tablets or whatever he said well, why didn't the doctor listen to me like why wasn't I and I had all these questions or whatever and I would have done what I was told to do if somebody had listened to me so it's like why aren't people listening or why aren't we being heard and when you look into this like you see in a doctor's surgery they have to see 20 to 30 patients a day Right, so that's like 15 minute slots. They have to do prescriptions, they have to get consultants and get appointments and all of that kind of thing. And in the, the, the medical practice now is standardised, like nearly everything is. So it's like one in, one out, one in, one out. And you have a list of questions you ask and you make it as efficient as you possibly can. And then even when they're doing medical training, you're ta- taught in medical school to ask as many questions as you possibly can to get the answers to find out what's wrong with somebody. So you're asking questions, you're not listening, you're not taught to do the listening piece. So this was the start of where this piece came from. And then I had a woman in and she said to me, she sent her husband to the supermarket to buy bread. So she sent him off to buy two different types of bread, right? One he's on 17 years himself anyway and the other one was the one that I was putting him on, right? She gave him exactly where they were how much they were and what they looked like and he's been eating one of them 17 years and he came back with the two wrong <laughs> types of bread. So the, the first 10 minutes were literally her giving out about he doesn't listen, he doesn't whatever, you told him what to do, I told him what to do, whatever, you know. Uh-huh. Now, we do know that men um, men listen with the left hand, the left side of their brain, listen to the logical side of the brain, whereas women listen with both sides of the brain. So, um, of course you'd say that, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> when both sides are activated, it's kind of... They say, what's the difference then? What, what's happening But you know here? what? There isn't a difference really. Even though the physical difference is there, the research is there to say there isn't really a difference in listening between men and women. Yes. It's literally up to the individual. John Prine has a song and he says that when his wife is talking to him, he's in a bar at the other side of town. Oh my God. <laughs> 
So there's yeah. an element, of, so like we're just not taking it in. Is well, that a, you see, when you listen, you, yes. you, the, the, the stats are there that we only take in 25 to 50% of what we hear. Okay. So like you think of somebody giving you directions mm. and you're listening to them. Oh, I know. By the time they get to like take the third right at wherever yeah, traffic lights, I'm, I'm gone. gone. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And like I listen every day for a living. But my lads will tell me at home, like Charlotte actually rode across my beast this morning before I came out, Muriel. Um, as in when you're listening put the phone down and this kind of thing yeah. because yes my ability to listen outside of work hours diminishes rapidly and mm. I can see it in one of my children Rocco mm. doesn't listen either right so your ability to listen or, and you know you can learn so active listening is a skill that you can learn you know mm. that you can actually teach yourself what to do so I think it's a skill that we need because people don't listen to understand people listen to the you're, you, you should listen to reply or if people listen to reply they don't listen to understand we're supposed to listen to understand mm. because that's how we can communicate and everybody's talking but nobody's listening Yes, and I think that's causing a lot of the communication issues and some are people there. are preparing their reply while you're talking so they're oh. really not taking in your it's gone they're gone yeah. way ahead yeah, yeah. listen and, and, and is that not so many people today in the mm. world today like yeah. even when I'm talking to you you have 50 things in front of you mm. that are next coming on and whatever so you have to to go ahead of yourself like to put yourself but you, you're not what would you say if you're not engaged in the moment you're not giving the best to yourself lost. I mean yeah. you know I say this to young broadcasters all the time the big yeah. gift as a broadcaster is to listen to yeah. the person that you're you're talking and to and stop you know? talking and yeah. I think that's the success of what I do in clinic mm. because when people say to me you know you listened or you're listening or I have a full hour I can't believe the amount of information and, you know, the fact that you're actually getting the relevant information. But I can get the relevant information or education to somebody because I can, I have the time. I only see eight or ten lines a day mm. and every single client gets an hour. Mm. So you can imagine the amount of talking somebody can do to me before I have In to an hour, yes. do an assessment or before I do the education piece. And even when that hour is done, they can still communicate with me for two weeks via whatever technology. And you're saying to me that people are surprised that they're listened to, is that? Yeah, they're surprised that they're listened to because when people aren't listened to, that's where the disgruntledness comes from. That's where they feel the lack of respect is, where they feel the lack of support is. And that's, I think, where the health service has fallen down. Because if somebody feels there isn't support, their lack of respect, that they don't really respect me as a human being at all. I'm just another person. I'm one in, one out. And I even had a girl yesterday, Fran, and this is kind of frightening. So she was she was quiet, quiet girl. She's been to a consultant, I think, about three times for um, gastro problems so different things and she's been put on different medication she feels the medication is adversely affecting her so it's giving her stomach cramps and making her feel really unwell she's back with the consultant again in three weeks time she was sitting in front of me asking me could I draft an email for her of questions so she could bring her husband so he could ask the questions because she didn't feel it when she was asking him she was getting the right answer so he was giving the information he, she, he was just being dismissive as in right okay no you need this tablet I've told you that's what you need to do I've told you that's what you need to take that's what the scan says now okay move on to the next and she was so upset over it because she feels she's become so more unwell since she started taking the tablet from where, where she was beforehand, you know? So, like, listening is a skill, isn't it, that has to yeah. come back into the whole... Do you know, it's strange that you, you talk about that, but a, a few months ago uh, on the programme, we started talking about, I, I think, various things on doctors, but then it evolved into a conversation about consultants hmm. and consultants with this godlike approach and not listening to, yeah. to people. So it, and I've heard it. I, I'm, it it's com coming to me again and again that when, yes, when you get to the consultant piece... 
then it's nearly the untouchable piece or whatever, that even down along underneath, there are more, you can ask more questions and there is more accountability, whereas the accountability piece goes the further up the chain you go, which to me isn't fair or isn't right. And that's what I've been saying. And I said it to her yesterday, have your list of questions. You're mm. entitled to ask the questions and you're entitled to get the answers and you're entitled to stay sitting where you're sitting until you get the answers, regardless of how much time is allocated to you. Mm. You know, it's it's the same in, in my clinic. Like, you're entitled to get whatever answers you've come in for. That's what you're paying for. So, well, would you not imagine, uh, Muriel, that I mean, that that you'd want to get as much information as you can, so you can diagnose. Uh, yeah, issue. but there's a list of que- there's a list of questions, and if you get the answers to those questions, you can diagnose very quickly. Because, like I said, everything is standardised now. Yes. So, like, you tick box one, two, and three, and there's an answer for that, and then you tick box oh, whatever right, okay. it is. So, so many things are standardised. It's the quickest way possible. And I suppose in medicine today as well, isn't it? It's the pharma world, and it's all of that world. So you can move somebody on to the next level, or you can give a tablet that will cure one problem but it causes maybe 10 other or masks 10 other so like you know it's kind of six of one and half a dozen of another isn't it in our world we don't do the pharma world so mm. in our world you're gone in underneath and yes. it's the preventative side so mm. you have to go backwards yes everybody will still stay on the medication they're on but if you can go back and you can kind of sort out what's happening or where it came from in the beginning you have a really good chance of changing somebody and we do all the mm. time Like uh, I remember Dr Pat Harold t- telling me that the most important question was often uh, he calls it the doorknob question as somebody's leaving they say oh and by the way if yeah. you know but that was really in a lot of cases, the reason they came in. The, in the main place, question. You know? Everyone always has a question. And even in my world, they'll have the question. And it can be anything. It could be on sexual health. Uh, it could be on like constipation or, you know, somebody, they'll start whispering, like diarrhea or my poo, or they'll start whispering. They'll go in a very low voice with the questions <laughs> that they don't want to ask. But you'll know by them that they're peppering. But when they're given enough time, then the question comes out. And you have to have time then because that could completely throw the, throw the whole consultation that that throws up something else, if that makes sense to you. So if you leave out the important information, you're not going to get the right answers. But the listening piece, mm. so we've talked about, say, like the clinic and the doctors or whatever, but the listening piece across the board, like even at home, wherever you are, mm. like there's three A's to active listening. Do you want to know what they are? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. So the first one is attitude. So what would that mean? So the attitude is literally how you approach the speaker. If you have mm. an open mind and a positive attitude, straight away, somebody's going to tell you more. You know, mm. so say like me, somebody might sit in front of me and I get difficult clients all the time and they might say to me, you know, well, um, no, bread is a no. I can't give up bread or I can't do the dairy piece. And for me, that's the, the piece that I have to kind of, with the attitude, pull back a little, right. stay positive, yes. do the open mind piece or whatever. We need to do that a lot, even with the kids and stuff like that. You can't straight away, if you jump in and you're not going to listen and you're gone ahead of them, you're done straight away. The second one then is attention. So it's focusing on the conversation and ignoring distractions. So we're literally, again... The phone comes up, you're looking over your head, 10, ten different things. So the attention and the, and, and the attitude are the first two. So you have to be physically and mentally there. You have to do that when you're on radio. If you're not physically and mentally here, you can't do what you do because yeah. to get a listener to come in from the other side... Yeah, mm. you're going to lose them within two mm. seconds, aren't you? And then the other one then is adjustment. And this is about adapting to the speaker and where the conversation is going. You shouldn't assume or steer a conversation. And a lot of people do that. So they get the first sentence and then they kind of steer the conversation towards a specific topic or towards they, what they kind of want to talk about. You know, so like, again, in, I get a lot of this. Somebody wants to come in, they want to talk to me about a certain thing and they'll go way off track and I know 
I have to pull them back or I can't give them the information mm. they need. And I'm sure you get a lot of all, that as all well. All the time, yeah. but you have to get people back on focus. You yeah. have to get them back in, yeah. <clears> so <throat> to improve active listening, it's a skill you can learn and practice. I said that already, but there's so many different things. Like, it helps you fight conflict, um, Fran. Like, mm. all the, like, the impact it can have on relationships with people when people actually feel listened to. The misunderstood side, all of that. I get people, and especially people that are in the older age, age bracket, they actually, what do they, like, they feel like they're, what was what's the word I'm looking for? Invisible. Mm. Mm. Because nobody's listening to. You know? And now there is a side to it. Sometimes if you're not being listened to, is it because you're not a good listener yourself? So that side is there too. So if you're not good to listen when you actually want somebody to listen to you, you're going to kind of get that piece back again, aren't you? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I presume that body language plays a part in it as well, that you, ah. you, you have to look like you're open to listening to somebody. You know, that? massively, because, yeah. you know, if you, um, with body language, your, word, you, your body and your words have to match. What was the, stat, the, the stats on that? Your words convey 7, 7%, your face and your, um, your face, what is it? Your face and your voice tone, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, um, are the other 93%. Wow. Yeah. And then confidence. Like they say, if you walk into a room, if you were to do a talk, say in something like AI, if you're not confident about the speech that you're actually given, nobody's going to have confidence in the words that you're actually, hmm. you know, speaking or whatever. Yeah, they'll so, pick up on your fear and your insecurity. Totally, yeah, totally, yeah. So your confidence and your body language or whatever are massive, yeah. But then there is another side to it. So, you know, if you're not able to listen and your concentration levels and stuff aren't there, and we get a lot of this as well, you know, the brain fog and... Mm. The, you know, not able to concentrate on that. Like the mineral deficiencies are there um, and we're finding that a lot with people too. So when you actually get that piece right, people actually can focus again and they actually, and I, I, I'm getting that. A lady actually said it to me, she's listened more and she'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Her kids were off school, her grandkids were off school last week. Um, she's three that she minds. They're all under a certain age or whatever. And she said to me, Muriel, you couldn't believe the difference. She said, there was no row. She said, I had the loveliest week with the three of them. She said, I never... Um, flew off the handle I was able to listen I was able to sit down with them I was able to engage I wasn't given out I wasn't whatever and she puts it all down to the new lifestyle of what she's doing and how well she feels so like she would have been deficient in vitamin D3 so vitamin D3 is you know your brain etc B vitamins I think we need to increase and we definitely increase loads of omega 3s in our diet we've done that through our diet or whatever so all of those things all affect your brain and how you feel and how you concentrate. And, and the, the people that you're talking to, because I guess it, get, it gets past symptoms when you're speaking to people and they speak about relationships and uh, the like. I mean, listening within relationships, I guess that's, that's huge, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, and that goes by the by, doesn't it, as time goes on, literally. Yeah, yeah because again, because life is so busy, isn't it? And yeah. yeah, there's 10 things to do or whatever. So I suppose it is, isn't it, time out and mm. whatever. In work, I suppose you've got to cultivate the relationships, don't you? Because... If you don't, that piece isn't going to come together to the mm. same extent. Whereas in home life, to cultivate it is different. And I know with me, I listen to the kids because mm. I have to listen to the mm. kids because mm. they make sure I listen to, listen to them, especially when they've issues and problems or whatever, you know. Mm. So, yeah, you, I think the active listening piece is massive. It's very interesting indeed. Um, tell me about uh, some of the other issues that you're dealing with uh, lately where health is concerned. I mean, because mm. it seems to me from speaking to you that you get times when it, it's all one issue. It might be stomach issues and other times then it might be brain fog. And like, what, what's big at the moment if there's a fashion to health? Um, Weight is m- always massive, massive, massive. Mm. And weight now coming towards Christmas time for oh, people yes, for this course. month of November into December, everybody wants to lose a few pounds. But for Christmas. Everybody's gone out this year. 
Yeah. Like everybody has plans to do something or go somewhere. A lot of people are going abroad, going on holidays and they want to look well or whatever. So wait for me is probably, I think, the biggest one. And November, the depression piece, a lot of people are so tired and they're trying to lose weight and they're trying to behave themselves and do all that. So I think the one of the things I keep saying to people is be kind, number one. Mm. And then number two, do the simple stuff right. Because if you get the health piece right, the weight comes with it. And that comes every single time. Now, I remember I said to you last week, the taco chip. I got such a slagging over the taco chip. Right I love so. a taco chip right. I will have a taco chip again. But listen, the, the three meals a day, if you can, every single person, if, if the 600 people that are coming through me were to ring in now, they would all say, what works is get up and have a breakfast in the morning. Have your lunch, your snacks in between are your nuts and your seeds and your dark chocolate and have a proper mammy dinner, either in the evening time or you have it at lunchtime. And just do that five days a week. And if you do that five days a week, the other two kind of fall into line. But the minute I see that, I see visceral fat levels fall. And when they fall, cholesterol levels fall because they go hand in hand. So I have high cholesterol, high blood pressure and high sugars. There's the three things. But if you can do those three things right, the weight comes with it every single time. I had a girl in yesterday and she lost 11 pounds in five weeks. I had a man in and he lost nine pounds or eight, eight pounds, eight pounds yesterday in his first three weeks now, this working with us. No. This isn't dieting. No, and this isn't, of... it's not muscle mass that they lost. It's <clears> not <throat> hydration levels that they lost. <clears throat> they lost body fat and visceral fat. So they stripped off the fat off the body that needs to go and the fat internally that needs to go. <clears throat> and everybody will say to me, I don't, and I have two girls, one that lost three stone actually. She drives all the way down from North Tip or Nina or somewhere like that. But she's three stone lost since she started in July. And she said to me, I can't understand it. And they're all saying to me at home, like, where's it gone? You've shrunk. And she said, I'm eating. And everybody's watching me eating. She said, all my life, I always felt I was on a diet and I was watching normal people. Mm. And how can they go out for a meal? And she's had a dessert and somebody sits down, they have a cup of coffee and a bar of chocolate. And she said, I never felt normal that I could actually do normal things. I'd go home then and binge uh, and, you know, go on the the, Mm. the whole cycle, Mm. whatever. But she said, I do things normally now. And the weight has come off, three stone lighter. And you know, she's and like she doesn't for feel life. deprived in any she's way. Not, you're not deprived because you don't crave. That's the biggest thing. Uh, yeah, so when the cravings yeah, go, then the rest comes into line. And All you're right. allowed to have your wine. <laughs> Says she looking directly at me. Um, if people yeah. want to talk to you, Muriel, or the team, how can they do that? Yes, so they can call 052 61 488 1 or www.marito8020.com. All right, great to see you. Thanks, Muriel. We'll take a break and we're back with more in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie